You're listening to Sport, Digital and Social with Mr. Richard Clark. Hi there. Interviewing sportsmen can be difficult. They're always on their guard. But I found they tend to open up when you look at their backstory and especially their childhood. They always have a tale of struggle to tell. I'll be interviewing a number of different sportsmen to tell that story from when they first kicked a ball to when they made their professional debut. My first guest is Marcelo Barboa, who was the first American footballer to reach 100 caps for his country. He ended up with 127 as a goal-scoring centre-back. Go on YouTube and see those clips of him scoring those bicycle kicks that he was famous for. But it was a difficult road for him, trying to make his way in the late 80s when soccer was pretty much ignored in the US. This is his tale of making the journey from the back streets to the professional level. Take a listen. I'm Marcelo Balboa. I have played for the US national team. I played in Mexico for Leon. I was also one of the first few players in the inaugural season 96 that was brought to, to Colorado to, uh, to play for the Colorado Rapids. Fantastic. Tell us the first time you remember kicking a ball, a soccer ball. Um, you know what, I, I have to say, I think that I was pretty much born with a soccer ball. My dad was a professional soccer player in Argentina. He played for Comunicaciones, Argentina Junior. He got actually a stint to play with the Argentine B team, a game I believe he told us. Since I remember, it's always been soccer in our family. From, from day one, when we were two or three years old, we have pictures of us kicking a soccer ball with my mom and dad. Uh, my dad would take us out to his games in Argentina and his league games. And then uh, when he retired and, and the Sunday league games, we'd be out there with our soccer ball. So um, to say that specifically the first day I kicked a ball would be tough to remember. God knows enough concussions did that perfect for me. But from looking at history of what we've pictures and everything, we were kids, everything was, we were born basically playing soccer, thinking soccer, breathing soccer in our family. But you're in Argentina, you were born in America, but you were in I Argentina. Was born, I was born in Chicago. My dad got a contract in 1966, the end of 65, to come play with the uh, Chicago Mustangs. So we were born, my brother was born in 66, and I was born in 67. We went back for three years. And I believe that's probably where we started playing soccer, if I remember correctly, some of the pictures with our cousins. Um, and then we came back to the United States. My dad played for a semi-pro team in, uh, in California, St. Peter Yugoslavs, which was, uh, I remember those days when we'd go behind the, uh, the big barn. The field was here up in the mountains, and there was a barn behind it where there's a shed, actually, and then we would play soccer behind there where there was a little bit of room and fence. So Argentina, different culture to America yeah. soccer-wise. What, did you think that was useful to you go, growing up, presumably? I mean, was the standard better? Was the culture better? Was it more focused? On, I presume. Um, you know what? It was natural. And when we were in Argentina, we were not a very rich family. I remember my dad telling us stories when he was a kid that he would get a sock, put tape on it, and he would play with that. And I remember us as kids wanting to be like dad. So we got a sock, we taped it up, and we played soccer with it in the house in Argentina. But uh, you know how it is when you come to the United States, it was a new experience for us because I picked up baseball, I picked up football, uh, I played basketball, we picked up other sports, but in a house, Sunday, Saturday, Sundays, it was always watching soccer, uh, trying, we, my dad bought a 50, those huge 50 inch round discs that took up the whole backyard so we could watch soccer when we were kids. 
That must have been rare at that time in Argentina. It was. Um, this was in the states. This is in the states. States. So in Argentina, you could. We could. We would go to. I remember when we got older. My dad would take us to practices with Chacarita. Um, I actually trained with Chacarita too when I was a kid. But yeah, every day you could catch soccer over there. Here we couldn't. So my dad decided to buy this when I just came out of 50 inch dish, and we watched soccer from all over the world. What was the first organized club that you joined? First proper club that you joined? YMCA in California. That was where I got my uh, my start. Of what age? Um, I believe, God, I believe it was nine, right around there, nine or ten, that we played organized with. Uh, I believe it was called the Tigers. We were blue with uh, yellow stripe down the side, so it was cool. And my dad coached us, so it was just fun. It was just something something that would kind of came natural to all of us, you know, putting a ball at our feet, kicking it. But it was interesting because throwing a baseball came natural. So it was, my dad was, was my, I gotta say mom and dad were pretty cool because they, my dad allowed us to try everything. Up until we were 14, I got to try swimming, I did water polo, I did baseball, basketball, football, American football, I did everything until the age of 14. Was there any serious contender to soccer? in your mind ever? You know, I thought maybe football because of kicking and punting, but reality hit quick when my brother was better than me. He was a junior and I was a sophomore, and he was kicking 60-yard field goals, and I was hitting about 45, 50, and I kind of realized that there's better people out there that could do that, but I enjoyed it. I didn't have to hit anybody. I didn't have to get hit, but it didn't give me, even in baseball, in high school, I didn't have, I played it, because it kept me focused in school and organized because I knew I had to get at least a C average to be able to, to play all the sports. So, I mean, we were lucky in California. We went from, it literally went football season, soccer season, baseball season, that took up the whole year. This doesn't happen here, but that kept me eligible to play. But to have a serious contender, um, no. You know, I was decent at baseball and not great. I was okay at football, but I enjoyed it. And soccer always had that just that little bit of spark, you know, that always that creativity, something that you can just do that there wasn't a set play. It wasn't, you have to pass the ball to this guy. It just kind of opened up. Plus, I'll be honest, my brother was better. I, my brother was better than me in all the sports. Apart from soccer? Or including soccer too. He was better at soccer, baseball, football. He was better at every sport. I was the one who had a little bit more passion, had a little bit more heart. My brother was skillful. He could dribble and dribble and beat everybody, but he didn't want to run and chase anybody. My dad would throw a ball out there, and these guys would side volley. I'm doing diving headers. Um, my dad would always say that my brother would find a way. If we put a wall here and we put a soccer ball on the other side, my brother would find the way to go around. He would dig under. He would go over the top. He would find a way to get the ball eventually. I was the donkey that would run through the wall to make sure I got that soccer ball before anybody else. So I had to work off I had to work off the fact that I wasn't that skillful. I had to work off the fact that I had certain traits that were better than other kids. I was good in the air. Um, I read the game well. But technically I wasn't that good. So I had to I, I was behind, but what made up for that is the heart and passion of how I played and how I kicked and how I chased anything that moved. Obviously, there's a different environment for soccer in the U.S. at that time, and the opportunities were not as obvious, should we yeah. say. What was the point, or was there a point, that you thought, hey, I might be better than the other kids 
here and I might have a career ahead of me. Was there any point in that dawn? There was. There was. The point that I realized that I had a little something different than everybody else is when we took a trip to Germany. Our club team ended up taking a trip to Germany. We went there and played three or four games. And after the second game, um, one of the coaches came up to my dad and asked who that kid was and um, just kind of said, I mean, he's interesting. You know what I mean? Just kind of left it at, he's interesting. You guys play again. And we played a third game. And by the time we played the third game, the German coach was curious if I'd be willing to stay an extra two or three weeks and go train with their youth team. What age was this? What this was 15. You're 15. This is, yeah, 14, 15 in that age. And at that time, it's not like it is now. It's not like, you know, where they invite you, they put you up. Back then, it was just, it was new for all of us. So it was, my dad was like, no. I mean, he, he would love to, but we, we don't have the money. We don't have the finances to be able to come and, and do this stuff. So ended up coming back home, tried out for ODP, didn't make ODP. Didn't make uh, ODP until I was uh, 18 years old. So in Germany, they thought I was I could had something a little something different. Here in the states, they didn't they didn't look at me as a as a different player. They just looked at me as oh he just kind of fits in the rest of the other kind of players, and I kind of just kept on playing high school. That's interesting because your father, who'd been a pro, yeah, right, you'd be there thinking well a pro would be more likely to take that chance. Yeah, maybe flip it around the other yeah, way, but I, I would yeah. suggest you're more likely yeah. to take that chance. So you're talking yeah. about 1980, yeah. you're looking 82, 83. Even he didn't want to take that chance. Not it's that, a long way to go. That, yeah, it was it was a long way to go to take a chance, a lot of money being spent, we don't know what's going to happen. If, if it would have happened nowadays, I think my dad would have probably said yes, yeah. the way that everything is structured and everything's done, but back in 92, 93, there wasn't a chance they were going to let a 14-year-old go. Which was, you know what, I'll be honest with you, it was okay, I was a little scared. At 14, that's never happened before, so to have had to have maybe gone there by myself might have been a little scary, you know what I mean? But it, it all worked out at the end. What game do you count as your professional <clears throat> debut? Because you, you played for a few clubs that were sort of... Well, um, <clears throat> what, what do you, what do you, what do you your professional you, I will say my I, I will say that I think that I played my first professional, professional game would probably, when I was scared, I believe 16, 17, we used to uh, play in high school, and from high school, my dad would take us, well, undisclosed league, we'll leave it at that. He would take us up into the mountains to play in the semi-pro league, and we were playing against 28 to 30-year-old ex-professionals that used to play, that my dad used to play. We were we were playing against semi-pro players, so I, I considered that like really the first start of, of me being a professional player. You can't tell me the team? You can't I, do I can tell you the team, it was St. Peter Yugoslavs. St. Peter's but I can't tell you the league. You can't tell, okay. Yeah. So do you remember the build up in your mind the day before, the night before? Because if you're counting it as that first big game, that big step, often people can remember a lot about it. Yeah, I didn't want to play. Didn't want to play? No, I was 16 years old. I was playing against 28 to 35 year old professionals. And I didn't want to play. My brother was like, eh, you'll go play, whatever. He, didn't, he wasn't really thrilled. But uh, my dad wanted to put us back then in an environment. We were always better at that time because soccer wasn't big. And we were fortunate enough to have a, a father who played professional soccer who would work the graveyard shift, would come home, we would finish our homework, and we were out playing soccer every day. Then he would go eat dinner and he'd go back to work. So he wanted to put us in an environment that we could see what would, how we would handle that. And he put us in that environment. We, we went out and we played at 16, 17. 
and I'll be honest, didn't really want to play. Your, your first few balls, I if I remember correctly, the first few balls I lost good, and why I really literally got it and kicked it away to somebody else because I didn't want it. I'm scared of maybe getting hurt. I don't know back then, but I'll say after that first game, you kind of, you know, the, the, the guys on your team that were a little older kind of um, took you under their wing and talked to you a little bit and relaxed. And then they finally put me in a position where I wasn't facing, I guess, the bigger guys so much. I wasn't playing center back. They threw me up front a little bit. So they let me use my speed to be able to get past some of these, these younger guys. And then I, I felt a little bit more comfortable. I felt a little bit more at ease, more relaxed. And little by little, as I felt more comfortable, they threw me back into the midfield. And when I was comfortable enough, they left me at midfield. They never put me at center back having to mark a 28 or 30-year-old man. But they put me in the midfield and forward. And, I, and you know, it took two or three games. But after a while, it was, it was fun. So yeah. it is proper semi-pro. It was proper semi-pro, yeah. yeah. We it sounds rough room. and tough semi-pro. It was, um, it was not the nicest neighborhood. It wasn't the worst. It was an environment where you had a lot of Yugoslavs. You had uh, a lot of Latin players, European. You had a good mix. You had a good mix of players. And it was fun because when the Yugoslavs and the Croatians played against each other, and that was my third game, that got a little heated. But at 16, I put it this way. I'll say this. I saw at 17 years old, I saw a guy head a ball with his tongue out. And as he came down, the guy whacked him, cut his tongue off. They had to rush into the hospital. This was in our league. Guy was playing, and he was running the game before us. And the guy was running the kid. slid, and as he slid, he lifted his foot, pushed his nuts into his stomach. They had to rush into the hospital. And these were the first probably two or three games that we watched before we actually played. So that's where I think I probably got a little scared of those kind of those kind of incidences. Yeah. They stick right here. They, they haven't that gone over yeah. <laughs> um, You've spoken a lot about your brother. Yeah. Obviously, that's influential, as is your father yep. as well. What about your mother? What did role she, she play? Mom was the, the nurturer. Dad was hard, you know. We in, had, in terms of sport and soccer. In the sports and soccer, you know, we would play a game in, in club or whatever it was, and we always sat in the back seat, and we had a long ride home usually, so... It was usually speech one, two, or three. We'd always joke around. One, you played well, you know. Two, you did okay, but you should have done this better. Three, you sucked. And that one went on forever. So we kind of knew after a while which speech was kind of coming. And mom would just sit there quietly when we got home. It was big hugs and dinner and, and just taking us away from soccer. Just being a mom, you know what I mean? Being the nurturer that she didn't like to talk about soccer because that was dad's job. Mom took us away, took us to do other things, took us to do other activities, and uh, it was a good balance. It was a good balance. And your brother, obviously you said you had different types of players. <clears throat> yeah. Um, but did that competitive environment, was it just two of you? Two, yeah, two, two, yep, two, yep. Two, two yep. boys. Okay, that normally is a, a positive, mostly a positive yes. Conspe- yes. Co- competitive spiral. Yes. It can go off kilter. But mostly it's positive. Is that, is that a word worth I would say 80% of it was positive. So there's always 20% a little bit of rivalry when you're pissed off that your brother beat you at something again. And that happens, but still a lot of love. And I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him. Him and my dad. My, you know, my brother was good and I wanted to be better than my brother when I was growing up. I wanted to be better than my brother. I wanted to be better than my dad. How's that? I wanted to be... My dad said he played professional. I wanted to succeed or pass his expectations of what he did as a professional. When he said he played on the national team, I wanted to be better than him. I wanted to be a star on a national team. I wanted to make a World Cup. I wanted to do more than my dad did in his career, and the same with my brother. That was, that's what fueled me, and afraid of failure. I didn't want to fail. 
because you have a professional father who's been at the highest level, you don't want to fail. So that group, that had had a lot of motivation for me. Too. I was driven to be better than them. Did your brother have any professional career? You know what? He could have. He unfortunately, uh, or fortunately, he chose the family. He chose uh, a wife and kid. He had an opportunity to play um, kicked at Cerritos High School. He was a kicker. Two years, we didn't make the playoffs. He was all-state kicker. He had an opportunity to, to uh, at the time, the, Ra uh, the uh, Raiders were in California. He had an opportunity to go try out for them. He chose that he wanted a family, he wanted kids, and he moved in that direction, which I'm happy for. Wasn't the direction at that time I wanted for him, but that was just my opinion. And your father, you said you got the different speeches. How good a job, in your opinion, did he do to make you a great professional player, the great professional player you, you, you turned out to be? What do you mean? Well... As it on the field, off was, the field, as a player? Well, fathers... Is it, uh, being a father they're is a difficult job. Yeah, yeah, it's a difficult tough. job. And, yeah. you, and even if most... Dads watching their kids yeah. play, and I absolutely what either one yeah, is. Yeah. Either you you are shouting at them, or you want to shout at yes. them, right? Yeah. Okay. So, how good a job did he do keeping it in check, but in encouraging you the right way, but making you better? I'm presuming he came from that space yes. because we all tend to. Yes, that's a that's a good question. I think that there was a balance between my mom and my dad. I wouldn't be here today, or I wouldn't have played in a World Cup if it wasn't for him. I wouldn't have been uh, uh, two time uh, U.S. Player of the Year if it wasn't for him because everything he taught me. But there's also stuff that mom taught me off the field of behavior and how to treat people and how to respect people and how to read my dad, how to respect the game. So um, I, I would say if you look at there, there's a bunch of people in, in your career that really guide you in certain moments of your career that are crucial. My dad took me all the way up until I was 18, until well, actually I was 20, until I decided to go to college because I played in the Youth World Cup for the U.S. from there. You know, it's kind of that next phase, Bob Gansler. Bob Gansler took me under his wing and, and put me on the, uh, on the 90 World Cup team and kind of showed me how and what was the next step. Then I'm fortunate enough to be roomed with a guy like Fernando Clavijo, who was my roommate, who had, took me at a crucial time of my career thinking that I was better than what I was. And you get to that point where you, you get a little bit arrogant, a little bit cocky. And I got lucky enough that I got him at an older phase of his career, and he straightened me out pretty quick of what a professional is. And, uh, and then from there, Bora took over. Bora took us into that next phase of, of the career of how important it was. So I've been very fortunate to have a lot of quality people that at the right time in my career that could have easily gone in any direction that kept me on the course that I wanted. Just a final couple of questions. From that period, what I'm calling the back streets to prime yeah. period, who was the best kid you played with who didn't make it, and why didn't they make it? Wow, there was a lot. Lucas Martin. Lucas Martin was the uh, captain of under twenty national team, played at UCLA, and was one of the yeah, most gifted players I've ever seen. Another kid named Eric Benedict was another kid that was gifted. My God, technically good, not great pace, but could read the game. Just. Both of them uh, didn't have the, the, I don't know if they didn't have the heart or the passion, but they just didn't have that fuel inside them to, to take it to the next level. There, there's always a point in your career where you're gonna stall and you need someone in your career that's going to help you to that next phase uh, and be honest with you. You have a lot of people in, in, in professional soccer and youth soccer 
and in high school soccer, not high school, sorry, college soccer, that, that tell you what you want to hear because they want you to play for them and they want you to do well, but they're not telling you the truth of what you need to get better. I think what happened with those guys is guys told them what they wanted to hear and nobody ever told them the truth of what they needed to take to the next level. But I remember those two guys and it was just, it came to them easy. Everything we had to work at for me to dribble a guy or come out of the back and be comfortable, these guys could do it naturally. And, uh, and it just kind of stalled out a little bit. And that's my last question, really. You, you may have answered it, but I'll, I'll ask you to develop on it. Just part of the, the, the reasoning behind this, this podcast, this piece, is to get dads and kids to understand yeah. this journey. Yeah. And you've mentioned it a couple of times. You had more grit, yeah. more guts, more determination than your brother, more, yeah. uh, more guts than perhaps those two or yeah. their ability to filter out the information. So... I was going to ask you, what are the two or three things that you need? Is that it? Uh, have I identified them from what you've said, or is it more than that? You know, I think we're gifted. You're born with a gift. And I don't know what that gift is yet. You know, for each kid, my gift was to be able to play soccer. And how hard was I willing to work at that gift made me who I am. I remember as a kid that when I stepped on the field, whoever stepped on the field next to me on my team coming in, he was an enemy. He was an enemy because he's trying to take my position. Um, I remember Soccer America back in the old days when they put the big magazines that would come out and um, they wrote an article about me, how I played angry. I played physically, I played angry, and I was, I, they called me Rambo of soccer. And uh, I took that as a compliment because when I step on the field, I want you to know that I'm there. I want you to know that I'm here to play soccer. This is what I love to do. My heart, my soul, my passion, everything I have is on that field. And uh, that's all I ever wanted to leave, you know? And I think that's what the ability to be able to take a negative of you suck to, okay, I'll be better for next time. So you won't say I suck. The ability to, to enjoy walking out on that field, wearing a Rapids uniform or the US jersey, put a smile on my face. And, and when you love your job, you love your job it shows on the field. So for me, I don't think there's one thing. Um, you can be technically gifted, but if you don't have the passion and the heart, you're gonna fall short. If you have the heart and the passion, but you don't have the skill, you're gonna fall short. So again, I go back and I think all of us are developed. I, I, we all are, are born with some gift. Um, how hard are you willing to work at it and, and just take it through to see if it's what you're gonna do for life? Thank you very much. You're welcome, sir. You've been listening to Sport, Digital, and Social with Mr. Richard Clark. Rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. You can find Richard on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram by searching for at Mr. Richard Clark or at his website, mrrichardclark.com.